Welcome to Biota.org Interviews. I'm Tom Barbelay, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Maciej Komenczynski, whose Framsticks development has been going on for the past eight years. Maciej, I'm interested in your background and your interest in artificial life. Hi, Tom. Um, well, actually, we started developing Framsticks in 1996, so it's like 10 years now, although the first official release was in 1997. And um, when we started, I mean we, because uh, we did it with my friend uh, while we were completing our master's at the university, Poznan University of Technology in Poland. And when we started, we had not much of idea um, about artificial life in general and about the name. We, we didn't even know the name artificial life. We had just some classes uh, on artificial intelligence, some classes on simulation, and my friend was in, always interested in all kinds of mechanical simulations, and actually she, uh, he did something quite similar but two-dimensional. Uh, that's why uh, we had some project on for, to prepare for some lab classes, and and we decided to to start uh, this kind of project. Although um, for the first one month, the idea was a little bit different. Um, the project itself had to be more population-based, uh, like uh, simulating large numbers of of simpler agents, simulating crowds, crowds, and so on. But finally, it, it turned out to be something more individual-based, uh, so that individuals, creatures, are more complex. And um, as I said, my, my artificial life background was uh, a kind of background without this artificial life name, because there was no course and no class in our university uh, about adaptive complex systems or ab about artificial life. So we had uh, basically the same kind of information, but it was not um, connected with this name. And well, that's how it started. <laughs> now in terms of the past 10 years of development, how has it changed and evolved? Well, of course, these, these first uh, releases were not official, I mean, for the first year. And then we decided to set up a website and it was a great success because it attracted many users from all fields of science and from many or different uh, ages, including children 10 years old and scientists 60 years old. So we we we, not, we then learned that uh, it's uh, quite a big potential in in this field. And uh, the first releases and the first versions were quite uh, um, not not as flexible as, as the, the current ones. I mean, uh, most of the logic inside the simulator was hard-coded. <clears throat> so, of course, the simulator itself had many parameters that you could adjust, but it was not as flexible as, as it currently is. Um, I think the milestone milestone was uh, between versions one and versions two, uh, where we introduced uh, the scripting language, which allows users to use um, blocks or objects from the simulation 
like a creature, a genotype, a world, um, fitness function, and so on, to build their own uh, experiments. And of course, this feature is mostly for advanced users. Most users even don't start using the scripting language. They, just use, they are just using those experiments that are available or built in in the software. Anyway, it was uh, a milestone for us because it allowed us to, to quickly prototype or build new setups and new configurations and new experiment uh, types to, to quickly test some hypotheses. And uh, I think that, that was the, the biggest difference uh, during the whole lifespan of uh, development of Framesticks. There's a lot of documentation for Framesticks, and that explains the underlying scripting. You have freeware viewers, and you also have shareware viewers. Can you talk a little bit about these, these distinctions and what you've seen in terms of user feedback for the, the various viewers that you provide? Well, the, the shareware version is, or I mean, I mean the, the shareware component, the com component that you have to pay for is uh, just the visualization. Mm, so the OpenGL uh, view and uh, exporting frames of the simulation to Povray. If you want to have some beautiful uh, snapshots rendered at some arbitrary resolution, you can use Povray. And, and this feature of exporting frames from simulator to, to Povray files is something which is uh, in this shareware part. And all other features are available without registering frameworks. So you are not limited in this scientific potential um, using freeware. And uh, there are also discounts for uh, users who would like to purchase the software and are from academic background, I mean students, teachers, and, and so on. So this is the, the, the division, uh, I mean, this is the difference between the freeware and shareware. And uh, even though you can use applications like Framstix Viewer or Framstix Theater, which give you this three-dimensional OpenGL view for free. So it's uh, like a, this shareware component is a weak one, <laughs> and it shouldn't restrict anybody from using the potential of Framesticks. Now I understand you're in North Carolina currently talking with the university. How much success have you had with universities picking up Framesticks? Well, students are quite interested in this environment and they are um, also used to using other simulators like Starlogo and I know they have some experience with the past. So basically they are more interested in uh, this kind of uh, simulations I talked in the beginning, like large populations, and uh, they are not concerned about uh, physical bodies. So they basically are more successful and it's easier for them to use um, those environments that uh, are more, more suitable for large-scale um, populations, like hundreds and thousands of individuals. And they don't need um, biological uh, implications of frameworks. So, in their experiments, uh, those other simulators are more suitable, and they will mm, 
have their, their results quicker, faster, and in a more simple way. But anyway, they were quite interested in, in frame sticks and in uh, uh, this kind of approach. And actually, frame sticks was uh, quite successful in showing them uh, a few kinds of phenomena, like emergence, like organization and self-organization, like uh, evolutionary optimization, the role, role of mutations, and so on, so on, so on. So it was good in, on educational level because it is so visual that you can easily show in an attractive way uh, what is happening in the system. Now what do you see in the future of frame sticks? Oh, so many things, so little time, <laughs> somebody said. Um, yeah, we have a large list of features that we'd like to include, in, uh, and it also includes uh, projects like uh, screen savers, like uh, a kind of frame sticks at home or revolution at home, which means distributing the system and so on and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, we definitely lack time to <laughs> to, to do all, all this stuff. Um, I think the, what is for the closest uh, future is uh, perhaps uh, incorporating an accurate simulator, mechanical simulator in FrameSticks, because currently FrameSticks has, has a very simplified mechanical simulation. And it is, it is advantageous because you can simulate like hundreds of individuals at the same time, and it's almost real time. But uh, if you wanted to use it in robotics, for example, then of course, uh, if you build a robot which is based on FrameStick simulator, then most probably its behavior wouldn't be the same in reality and in the simulation. That's why, uh, among other uh, ways, uh, we are trying to to incorporate into FrameSticks uh, one of these uh, accurate mechanical simulations. So that's one thing. Um, we are thinking about improving this scripting language I, I talked about uh, because it's a kind of object-oriented. I mean, you have some objects like creature, and this object has some fields like energy, genotype, and whatever. But we are thinking about including a full-fledged uh, third-party uh, scripting interpreter which is uh, fully object-oriented, which means it includes inheritance and virtual methods and all that kind of stuff, which is useful if you do uh, more complex simulations. And while we are thinking about including more communication sensors and effectors, because there is not much about communication in sticks. I mean, creatures can smell each other, and can perhaps uh, leave some pheromone in the environment, but we are thinking about uh, this kind of communications which would allow evolution of, of, of languages of, or of at least some kind of symbols. So these are those basic things that we are thinking about including in the next version. And of course, uh, as usual, a large list of small improvements, fixes of all kinds, and so on. What more would you like to see with the artificial life community? Well, actually, what I am most interested in in artificial life is uh, all kinds of 
um, scientific research which has some conclusions uh, related to the real world. Uh, so biology, biologic forms, real animals, real ecosy ecosystems, and so on. So I think this kind of research is, is um, most valuable. Of course, there's a lot of fun in artificial life because everybody can create some some simulation, some model. But I think the most of the potential of artificial life is in helping us to understand uh, evolutionary processes, co-evolutionary processes, all these kind of relations and creatures and what made them behave or look like they actually look like. So this is what I would expect to, to, um, to make artificial life more popular and to make some people believe, because there are many, many people that just reject artificial life as a method of experimentation. So to make those people believe that computers and computer models can be used to, to explain reality. Certainly. Any final thoughts for the interview? Well, I think artificial life is one of the most interesting fields uh, in the contemporary science. And it has, uh, as I said, great potential, which is not yet explored. And I think um, this is what I am looking for. I mean, this making it more popular and using it, employing it uh, in many fields, including uh, biology courses or evolutionary biology and uh, this kind of research and this kind of education. Many thanks for the opportunity to interview you. Thank you, Tom.